0: to USPCA Presents, where the largest association for personal chefs brings you speakers, topics, and a bit of fun in this nuanced part of the culinary industry. In this episode, we are joined by Dr. Jeff McGee as we discuss business building in uncertain times. Well, good evening, USPCA members. It's Larry Lynch here again for another one of our twice-a-week pretty much twice a week uh, webinars, and I'm really excited tonight. For those of you who've been around for a while, you might remember a couple of years ago, Dr. Jeff McGee joined us for a phenomenal presentation as an opening keynote, talking about all the things we do with sales that can happen. And And quite frankly, as we've talked about over the course of the last several weeks, there's no time more impa- important than now to rethink your business, to think how you're going about it, to think how you're gonna reach your markets. You know, I've shared with all of you that, that the one thing you don't wanna ever do is come across as looking like you're leveraging a pandemic. But what you are, really are doing here is, is really helping people who truly need it. I uh, sharing with Jeff before we started here that, you know, I, I've been focused on health. I think I shared with some of you that uh, I bought a Peloton for Helen for Christmas. Uh, I'm on now ride, one, ride 148. She's on ride three. So that just shows you where Christmas presents go. But knowing the importance of health in, in this crisis is really critical because viral transmission happens more rapidly when your health isn't there. And a big part of health is eating right. And eating right is exactly what you bring to the table, no pun intended, every night. So I'm excited because Jeff's going to help you kind of rethink your thinking on how to go about you know, selling, how to go about reaching the marketplace, how to go about reinventing your business to the point where as we're coming out of this pandemic, you're on the upside of it. Now, I will warn you a couple, tell you a couple of things. Just a reminder for those of you who have been with us regularly, at the bottom of your screen, if you scroll down, a little thing will pop up and you can see something there that says Q&A. Uh, you can see another one that will say chat. Pick whichever one you want. I will be monitoring that on Jeff's behalf, and so when he's ready to take a break and move into questions and answers, I'll move them. So if you don't get your answer to your question right away, don't panic. I'm watching them, and I'll be asking Jeff when he's ready for me to ask them. So we will get to those questions, and we will get to the chat. It's not a big deal there. Uh, the second thing is I will warn you, the practical joker that I am, I always go off camera when Jeff starts talking because you don't want to pay attention to me. When you see Greg Brady up on there, you have to realize I am on Zoom calls from in the morning until typically 8 o'clock at night. Somebody made the mistake of me, and I've got all kinds of backgrounds and practical jokes, because anybody who knows me knows that I can't take a darn thing seriously. Uh, But one of the things I did is I managed to load Greg Brady's picture ups, and somebody started talking Brady Bunch the other day. Uh, After I did that, we finished a meeting, and somebody wrote to their boss. They said, Ooh, there was somebody named Greg Brady in the meeting. We can't seem to find him in the organization. So anyhow, there's the background. So I did not have time. To, I changed my name, but I did not have time to change the picture. So you have to put up with Greg Brady. But at that point, I am excited to welcome my good friend, Jeff McGee. And Jeff McGee, our USPCA members are all yours. Thank you, sir, very much.
1: Appreciate it, Larry, a.k.a. Greg Brady. So if you're joining us and you don't know who Greg Brady is, you just dated yourself. For the rest of us, welcome my name is Jeffrey McGee, and at the end of this, we'll do some Q&A. And as well, if you want to follow up with me, my email address is my name, so I'll get that out of the way right here at the beginning. So it's Jeffrey at JeffreyMcGee.com. More than happy to share any ideas with you offline as well to kind of help you to move your business forward. So today, what I want to walk us through is just some simple, quick ideas. Uh, primarily, I was really kind of asked to focus more so on how do we as for some of you most part are solo practitioners. How do we in essence move our business forward? So a little bit about me and we can make the slide deck available to you uh, a little bit later as well. Larry has pretty much framed it. I work with lots of small to medium sized businesses and I've had the honor over the past 30 years of working with some of the bigger businesses as well. But the first tool I wanna share with us tonight, today is called the quadrant manager. I think one of the things that, that on certain times Challenge us is to be very focused on being productive versus being busy. What really matters at the end of the dust storm of any given day that's going to move your business forward and help you to deal with the challenges as you go through any given day or night of your business? So, there's a model that I created many years ago called the Quadrant Manager. Um, It's a favorite of most of my clients, and uh, it's a tool that Larry's asked me to kind of bring back. So, I want to share this concept with you. You can use it mentally. You can use it physically, you can itize this idea as well. But once you understand the Quadrant Manager, then we can go back to part of Larry's introduction, which is we can plug in some marketing and sales techniques or strategies or action plans to help us to move our business forward on a regular basis. So the Quadrant Manager helps us to, to really focus on the amount of time we have every day and really channel to make sure what we're doing is the most productive activities we can do. So major difference between being productive and being active. One of the, the items of our business that we have been producing for over 30 years is a magazine called Performance. And Performance Magazine allows us each quarter to really engage some of the most powerful personalities globally and either interview them or to get them to pin an article unique for our readers, almost a half a million in size, on success and performance and one of the things we notice about every one of them is that they are very productive at what they do not active but productive so let's talk about how to help you to become more productive let me post three questions to you i call this i call this concept prime time if you're taking some notes you can just write down prime time and let me post three questions to you to help you to calibrate what you do starting tomorrow morning as we record this at the end of the day on the east coast of today So the first question I would pose is, professionally speaking, do you have your best energy, greatest energy, most energy in the a.m. hours or p.m. hours? Not a trick question. Very simple. You should be able to answer that. So number one, write down a.m. or p.m. Do you have more energy, your best energy in the a.m. hours or p.m. hours? I know a lot of what you and I do is not traditional eight to five work, but just for sake of discussion, let's say eight to five. Are you primarily a a person who has your energy between eight a.m. and noon a.m.? or a person who your energy really kicks in at noon to 5 p.m.? So how do you want to frame it? A.M., P.M.? So once you frame question number one, number two is important. Now put the hours that is the norm that represents that window. So are you A.M. or P.M.? So for me, I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, Pacific time zone. I'm an A.M. person. My normal first podcast, webinar, or sales phone call is typically at 6 a.m. Las Vegas time, Pacific time. So if I'm working at 6 a.m., then my a.m. is going to go from 6 to noon because that's the norm. It's not, a, not an exception to the rule It's a norm. If you're a p.m. and you work until 8 or 9 at night as a norm, then you're going to put from noon to 8 or 9. But we're getting somewhere in this model here in a minute. So first answer, a.m. or p.m. is your norm, routine. Second, define that letter. Third is how you figure out prime time, and this is how you're going to double down and grow your business. This might be a clue as to when you do your your brainstorming, your creative design, research and development, marketing, designing marketing campaigns, or sales calls. I mean, again, those high-intensity activities should be, in essence, allocated to your prime time window. So if I'm an AM, pop quiz, folks, if I'm an AM, we defined it from what time I typically start work, which is 6 AM to noon, then prime time are those hours within your defined a.m. or p.m. where you have the least amount of distractions or interruptions. So for me, this should be an easy answer for all of you. So if you were defining my prime time and I start at six and goes to noon, wind in there between six and noon would probably be the time I have the most control over and the least amount of distractions or interruptions. And if you said from six to around eight or six to around 9 a.m., you would have got an A and out pop quiz. So for me, I want to schedule activities from six to nine. So now stay with me here for a second, because again, you can change the model any way you want, but think about if you're at the receiving end of a phone call from Jeff McGee, or you're at the receiving end of an email marketing piece from Jeff McGee, or you're at the receiving end of a message on LinkedIn from Jeff McGee, and I'm wanting to connect with you, and you're in the middle of the United States, or you're on the East Coast, And I were to say to Larry, Larry, you know, I'd love to get back on a phone call with you and visit about some of your challenges and needs that you've shared. What's a good time in essence next week. I can reach out to you anytime Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific time. What works for you? See, knowing that he's going to be basically three hours later than me, 9 a.m. Imagine what that does to his psychology when he sees me willing to in essence reach out to him and have a zoom call or a phone call at 6 a.m. So again, that helps you to put yourself into success mode. So the quadrant manager concept I'm going to share with you next starts with an understanding of this window here. And if you back up and study any successful person, athlete, entertainer, celebrity, business entrepreneur, executive, anybody, what you'll recognize is that whether they call it prime time or not, they understand at what time of day do they schedule certain activities that they're going to need to play to when they have their most energy. So prime time, is mine and it sets that stage. So if I take that mindset, now I can plug it into the Quadrant Manager concept. So here's how the Quadrant Manager works. Again, you can do this mentally. You don't actually have to physically write something out if you understand the theory behind the model. If you want to write something out, a simple blank sheet of paper, you could use this to keep yourself on track. When I'm done sharing with you the concept of the model, then I'm going to come back and I'm going to plug in a couple of specific sales things you and I can be doing to significantly increase our productivity. So here's how the Quadrant Manager works. Years ago, I'm working with some clients and the challenge they put in front of me as a leadership coach was, Jeff, looking at our executive team, what's your observations as to how we can become more productive? There are times that we seem to get distracted, we seem to get scattered, we seem to get diverted onto other projects that while important at the end of the day, we're not critically as important as what I needed my team to be working on. So how can we get focused? I started watching what we do. And what I recognize is that everything we do falls into one of four work products. So any time management tool you use, whether it's electronic as a time management tool, or whether you're old school and you're using a day planner system, Any tool you use, there's three basic steps. I'm giving you the magic key right here. So again, you get the slide deck when we're done. You're watching it right now. You can shoot screenshots of it or if you're taking physical notes. But any time management device, in order for it to yield significant ROI, step one deals with the work product that you write down. Number one, create the template. So whatever the template is, it has to be designed so that it manages the correct workflow. We'll get to that in a minute. The second step now, here's the real secret sauce. The secret to maximizing time is no numbers go down on any instrument. No numbers go down on the to-do list or whatever it is you're using. The second step is you put the critically important work products down into the system. So you place the entries into whatever the template is you're going to use. Once you can isolate from your head or all the other lists out there, all the things you need to do and you put them down on the, the system, then you look at those and step three allows your brain then to chronologically look at what's down and put it into the right level of importance because the first entry may sometimes be number one, but your first entry may actually, when you look against the other items right down, you may realize, wait a minute, number one is actually number three and I can start to put things into flow chart. So the concept of the quadrant manager, there's steps. There's steps. If you're going to become more successful, and especially right now in these uncertain times of chaos in the market space, you have to have structure to what you're doing so you can leverage your assets to become more successful. So once you understand that, here's how the system works. Number one, the first step in the system is to recognize everything we do falls into categories. So in essence, you can take a blank sheet of paper And by simply drawing a plus sign on that sheet of paper, that's the white lines you see there vertically and horizontally, it's going to help to give you focus. Because in any order you want them to go in, we are going to have a list of things on any given day they are going to be the things you need to do, that old traditional to-do list. So there's always the to dos But then also on certain days there may be a to-call list, people you need to call, whether you're initiating the outbound or it's the call because you're following up with someone, to-call. Then on any given day, there may be to see. And again, in some environments, a lot of us have been kind of shut down with stay-at-home orders. So this quadrant may or may not be as big as it used to be. Ah, but with visual communication, think about all these visual platforms, you know, WebEx, GoToMeeting, Skype, Zoom. So your to see call might actually be pretty large in any given day. So everything we do on any given day falls into either do, see, call or write. You, you write a contract, a proposal, an RFP, you're sending an email, you're following up with someone. So that's the flow. So to use this primetime concept, you then back and say, okay, so find best energies in the morning, and look at all the things I need to do, see, call, write." Then step one is you create the system. So I've just simply created the system. Once you create it, now you place entries into it. So you can create a list of, you know, what's the item here that I need to do? And you put up two and never more than three entries. That's the secret sauce, folks, to step two. So step two is the entries. You never put more than three items to a quadrant. Think of it this way. Because I hear some of you right now saying, wait a minute, Jeff, this is not realistic. Yes, it is. If tomorrow you could only do three things. You could only start three, work on three, or complete three because of unexpected crisis or problem or urgency that interrupts you at 11 a.m. or at 3 p.m. What are the top three most important? So the way you psychologically drill down to get to this concept and use this list in the rules of three is if I could only work on, start on, or complete because of unexpected urgencies, crisis, or problems, what are the top three to-dos to focus in on this list? You can still have another list with the other 18 over there. To call, If I had 17 people to call tomorrow because of unexpected crisis or urgency, which of those 17 would rise to the level of being the three most important they go down? Because think of it this way, folks. If you actually had three action items in each of the four quadrants, you now have isolated from the world of busy to what's most important to take action on, and now you've identified the 12 most important action items on any given day most people, and a couple of you might be the exception to the rule, but most people, if we had a videotape of you for the past week to 10 days or the past 30, 60, 90 days, most people get one or two important things done in a quadrant or maybe one or two important things done in each quadrant. But what happens, they get distracted and derailed on other items throughout the course of the day. And sometimes those things that derail us might be going back over to the Peloton for Larry's 148 rides that he's had in the last uh, you know, four months now, he's in good shape and doing a lot of work, so we'll let, in essence, you know, Greg Brady off right now. But some people, the reality of their day, and especially when you're a solo entrepreneur working from home, you can get distracted with dealing with the pets, going outside, going for a walk, doing the laundry, watching you know, some people on TV in the middle of the day bitching about life because they're getting paid to do nothing, really. But you and I are not getting paid if we don't have a job. This brings you back to focus. So step one, you create it. Simple plus sign gives you the four quadrants. Do, see, call, right. Step two, you put entries into it. Now, once you have the entries, step three then says, okay, so now with this quadrant manager, we've done step one, we've done step two. Now we're going to go back and we're going to prioritize the quadrant. So now you look at the item that you had listed. See back here, we don't have any numbers. Now we can go back and put numbers beside them. So again, we have them in normal chronological orders of one, two, three, in each of these. But if we back up and just look at the entries, Again, you might say, okay, I look at those entries. Maybe my first entry here is a number one under to-do. If I look at the second entry under number to-do, and of those three, maybe that's a three. And the last one, in third order, maybe that's a number two. So you put the numbers next to the entry as to its level of importance. But again, now if I were to ask you the question on your to-do, zeroing in on just those three you've isolated from what might have been a larger list to start with, if you could only work on one of those to-dos because of unexpected problem or crisis or urgency, Which one's most important? See, the beauty of this quadrant manager system, folks, is it helps you to drill down from a ton of work in any one quadrant. What are the top three most important in each of these four? Because our work is cyclical. And if you work all the ones, then you go to all the twos, and you go to all the threes, you'll pick up significant momentum in what you do out there. And so you want to stay focused on this quadrant manager. So let me hit pause for a second, Larry, and bring you back in, because I want to now go back and I'm going to share some specific things that you might do see call right to help you to start selling more effectively. But before I log in some examples, let's hit pause in case there's any questions or Larry wants to add any perspective himself.
0: So, well, I have to defend my, my Peloton rise. We'll do that later. <laughs> that said, no questions Jeff. But one of the things, Jeff, that I, I was thinking as you're talking through all this I think this is an important thing to emphasize with the members is the whole concept of, of managing time and getting things done. You know, I, I think personal shopping has a tendency to be hectic in and of itself. I mean, you're going to somebody else's house, you're shopping for, then you're doing all this. So, so sometimes time's not your own, but I think we all suffer from that in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, to your point earlier, uh, I actually don't leave this crazy little room. I'm in here from, you know, early in the morning to late at night. I would love to go watch some TV. I would love to go put my feet up. In fact, I usually get up and when I can sneak off of a Zoom call just do some stretching for a few minutes. So my 148 Peloton rise by three months, not four. Um, I've actually <laughs> I had to very have some fun with
1: you. Always give me give me. I know, time. <laughs> I
0: know. But I'm thinking that as we do this, you know, f- from a personal chef's perspective, I-, I think why is this important? Because when you think about the the, the naturally chaotic structure of a personal chef and realize that a lot of our chefs come out of a more structured environment. You know, I'm working in a commercial kitchen and, and we're in a restaurant kitchen where everything kind of is, 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 a little bit more static. It's not as much fun, but a little bit more static. Now to this somewhat more chaotic world. So maybe one of the things you could touch on while waiting for questions is why is this so important for a personal Absolutely. chef in order to drive their business?
1: So again, some of the statistics that a lot of you are probably already tracking and that is right now coming out of this, you know, pandemic time period, it's estimated that upwards of 40 plus percent of all the traditional restaurants that are out there are not going to be coming back. They're gone. So let's call that good news for you and I, because here's what it's done and visiting with Larry. He made it very obvious and just think about people, you know, myself included that what it's actually done. It's a positive for you and I in this personal chef space is it's, it's calibrated people to think about eating at home more or looking at food being delivered to them more than they ever did before so in a good way for you and I this has actually been a major business boom if we leverage it because the mentality is already out there so a lot of people that might have not ever thought about you because they just didn't have time to think about us because they were so busy with the way their life was running in January February this year they it was hard to get into their brain to have them consider you now everyone is considering us so a couple of you know, USPCH uh, you know, clients that, that I've talked to, here are some real-time examples. So <clears throat> let's go down to do, see, call, right? So as a personal chef, let's look at the do call. So now, again, if you think about it, the time you would spend going to a store to go in to get the product you need to create what you need, you now have just gained all of that time back because you can reach out to your local grocer or Whole Foods or whoever you go to And you should be establishing a relationship with them so you never have your time wasted going into that store again. You know what you want. You should be able to email them, text them, or call them. Here's what I need. Here's what I'm going to come by to pick it up. So that could be a to-do, which is you need to make sure you have online, you know, it's almost like the world of virtual assistants that a lot of the business world was using before the pandemic. Now a lot of people are very comfortable with this concept that I could actually use someone that I don't physically know that could do work product for me and save up my time. So one of your to-dos could be establish, in essence, those virtual connections of how you're going to get the product you need. That could be a one-to-do. You might also recognize, wait a minute, just like you know, we have different you know, Uber Eats and etc. that's delivering food from restaurants. I know bad word for a second, but we could capitalize on the same thing, say, well, wait a minute, I don't actually have to drive and deliver it. Sometimes you do because you're the product, but maybe. In some situations where you establish a relationship and you, you've already been there enough that you're just uh, delivering the product for them to take in, don't, in essence, you know, utilize your time on drive time. You could outsource that. So the tattoos could be we might look at how we become as a solo business practitioner, work and operate like an international, global, multi-business you know, that has outsourced all of these arms. That's one. So that's a great point that Larry's asked you know, in terms of seeing. We might look at the marketplace differently to write how we engage it. So I'm going to give a couple of very specific sales strategies we can plug in here as well. But that would be one immediate response back to Larry's question in terms of how we, you and I, you, how we should be looking at the marketplace differently, how you could do this quadrant manager. To call, again, what time of day is the best time of day to call to reach people that in essence is not going to interrupt during the day when maybe you might be needing to see people? Again, you could even start looking at this from a standpoint of, again, YouTube has become a lot of people's marketing buddies. So again, the other beauty of right now, and there's pros and cons of my next statement, but one of the beauties of right now is that so many people are doing podcasts. So many people are doing YouTube's informational pieces. So many people are hosting Zoom calls or even made the comments like he's connected on Zoom from sunrise to sunset. The people recognize you don't have to have a studio background or a space that looks 100% professional for what you do. And so because the world's also been calibrated in the past two and a half months to now accept that. I mean, if you're not, and some of you are, but if you're not maybe just posting, you know, again, go back to, you know, creating some chef videos. How do you, you know, create healthy snacks from what's in your kitchen? That could be a two minute or five minute, 10 minute Zoom video you could do. You've got a a good, you know, iPhone. I mean, you can record video on your phone for that matter that is good enough for what you need so look at the to do's differently of how you get your message out to the marketplace how you reach your current customers i'll talk about that in a minute and how you do your business more effectively but take a step back all i've taught you with this instrument here is how to be more mindful of the time you have every day so we're not misusing it or wasting it quit spending time on low impact activities that while it might consume a lot of your time they're not productive activity. So that's one of the ways I'd speak to this. And then let me go on and I'll start to share some specific sell that So we've been together for almost 30 minutes. First power item is your prime time. This is a tool that you want to have heavily loaded to feed your prime time. So I do the majority of my webinars that are educational based. I try to do those on the West Coast time zone as early in the day as possible because it plays to my energy. Example, this Friday, 5.30 a.m., I'm doing a three-hour leadership webinar with a client that's on the East Coast. It's a standing date. We do it basically, in essence, the third Friday of every month at 5.30 a.m. for me, and we've been doing it for over a year. It plays to when I have my energy. The client is very pleased that I'm willing to do it first kind of of early in the morning for them. They realize it's very early in the morning for me, so my stock value goes up. That's a to-do. To see. I can see people then at different times during the day as to when I want to do my webinars or when I want to do Zoom coaching calls. To write. I'm a writer, so if I have the opportunity to write and I don't have a Zoom call or webinar in the morning, all my writing does typically take place in the morning hours, not afternoon or evening. So again, to call. So if you were to go to my website and schedule a meeting, I only take meetings three times during the day, 6 a.m. Pacific, noon Pacific, and 4 p.m. Pacific, because those are the three times of the day that I can not have to worry about trying to schedule and change something with other people. So I can do my other calls at 7 or people a lot of times don't want to meet at noon. So that's the way I can smoke them out. And if you don't want to talk at noon, you must not be too serious. So those are several responses related to your question. Let me kind of hit pause here again and give people a chance. If they have questions, they can dive in and ask those. Or do you have anything else you want me to add? And if not, I'm going to start going into some specific sales techniques of what we can do to generate more revenue.
0: Jeff, we've got a couple here. So let me throw them out there. So Chef Jacob Lucas asks, on the quadrant manager, when writing your daily task list, it may seem it can be daunting getting all the tasks completed. To be successful, do you have to keep it going every day? Is there goal agendas to complete these tasks in an ideal time frame? You know, he says sometimes I can be leaving things off for a period of time.
1: Perfect. Great question. So. Uh, one of my clients, they literally took post-it notes and they had them printed up on post-it notes and they have them all around their factory, all around their distribution centers, all around their uh, administrative offices. So people use them on, on, a, on a basis. And again, so that to answer the question. So it, one thing, the last part of the question, uh, Chef, you actually answered a key piece of your question, which is the things that we have on our list are always hanging there over time, they sometimes die a natural life because we didn't get a chance to get to them. So the first clue then is why did I even allow them to seem that important to go on my list if over time they die, I never did them and it didn't hurt me. So be more judgmental with yourself saying, look, this is something that in reality, I'm not going to get a chance to do. Maybe you put that on your wish list, keep it on a whiteboard or something as an idea for the future, but don't bog yourself down with mentally or physically doing it. Second, the purpose of this is exactly that. If, if I have this list in front of me as an example of the 12 most important action items for me today, this day of my professional life. And any one of them or several of them I don't get done today, that's perfect. Because when I come in tomorrow morning, that list is staring me right in the face. And I can then justify in my head, are they still number one today? And if they are, anything else that comes up is going to be two, three, four, five, six on the list. Stay on your ones. Because again, the ones you are deeming the most important thing to do that relates to your business or the most important person to cause relates to your business or getting more business. So the beauty of this four quadrants, it keeps you focused because there's nothing I can identify in our job that we need to address in any given day that can't fall into one of those four quadrants. So that's the first lesson learned. I mean, I've had people come up to me at workshops and go, you know, Dr. McGee, I just want to challenge you on this project manager. You know, I have something here I'm trying to focus on that I'm just not sure which quadrant to put it into because I don't think it fits into one of those quadrants. And then I say, well, tell me more. What do you mean you can't put it into one of these quadrants? They go, well, I've got this project I'm working on. Stop, you just answered your question. If it's a project, it sounds like it's a to-do to me, so it goes in to-do. Well, no, it doesn't go in to-do because I got to get a hold of these people. Oh, that sounds like a to-call or to-see. So the four of these, these quadrants keep vetting you down to where you're headed. So great question. That's two answers. So one, if it's not done on today, you don't create a second list. It still stares in your face for tomorrow. Two, if it never gets done, and never should have been there at all. Now, number three, a third answer, even if you're a solo practitioner, the third answer is, again, some of those items that are important to get done, but we're just maxed out and can't get to them, that's a delegation issue. You've got to figure out why you said yes that it came to your list and or how do you delegate it to, in essence, an assistant, uh, an intern, an apprentice, your child, um, back to the client, or a virtual assistant. So that's another great element that, again, in traditional business with staffs, we talk about if you have something on your list that you can't take off but you're having a hard time getting to it then that's a delegation issue and again keep in mind i mean i had a business with 144 employees a couple years that i sold and a lot of the work that i did with that staff i still need to do today with a small business with just me and 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 1.5 other employees but the beauty i've learned is that i could outsource a ton of work activity to virtual assistants on a project basis. It's done. I only spent a couple of bucks for them to do it. I got a better actual final product than what I did when I had a staff. So again, even if you're on your own, you can find ways to engage your client to do some of these steps or for you to find someone else that can help you with these steps. So good question, Larry. That's
0: yeah, good one there. I mean, and, and interesting to that point, just to follow up to a couple of weeks ago, we had one of our speakers was... Uh, coming from Modern Meal, which is a great tool that our members can use to manage their shopping, manage their menus, manage their recipes. So to your point a moment ago, I, I think part of this organization ties with how you're best using technology that you have at your beck and call today, right? I mean, that, that kind of helps you a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Any so one more,
0: one, one more question here. This comes from Chef Vidam. He says, this is really not a question, but it is. <laughs> However, I find there's not enough time in the day with communication, proposals, contracts, menu planning, growing the business, growing the brand, et cetera. So are you saying create your to-do list and then break it down into the quadrants and break that down to the top three and then add to that the shopping and the cooking while you're doing all that rest, rest of that stuff?
1: So great question. Several answers. Let me unbundle that one. So, So yes to your statement, observation, and question. You can take this and you can sub-break it down to different activities. Absolutely. So for example, old school, new school. Let's say you had file folders that you manage projects on imagine taking one of these i'm working on a project for larry lynch and i'm inside and i'm working on it so you could itize this into your folder inside your computer as well but i'm working old school on a project and now it's the end of the day so before i close the folder to go home i could grab one of these or the same concept put the on the inside lid of what's the next thing i need to do see call right as it relates to this project so that when I shut it and go home, when I come back tomorrow and I open up that project folder, I don't have to waste any time getting my brain recalibrated to what the heck I was doing, because this is staring me in the face, telling me exactly what the next thing is. So that's a great way to use this on those elements. So I could create the same thing inside my project folders if you have multiple projects you're working on exactly as maybe maybe a simple Word doc and just label it do see, call right. So as you close out of a file folder, you're gonna come back to in an hour tomorrow then you could know exactly what the next Ducey call right is. You can recalibrate your brain instantly right back there. So that's several answers. Another one though, is you talked about, you know, um, different menus and ordering and et cetera. Let's, let's, let's tackle that for a second. And again, I'm not a time management expert. So let's make sure we back up everyone and get that. I mean, I'm in leadership and sales is where I've lived for 30 years. That's all my books and my leadership training programs and and I have you know over 70 hours of continuing professional education, accredited leadership programs, and 25 hours in sales and four graduate management textbooks. So that's where I live. What, what Larry and some of the others that, that asked me to do this program tonight went into is that when I'm working in those spaces, just like when you're working in chef and you're doing all of your administrative roles, as well as, as cooking and prep roles, when you take a page out of leadership, Jeff, how do you help people stay focused? That's where this tool is coming from. Some sales ones in a minute. So with that. I would write down the word template. Part of your success and accelerated productivity is gonna become from templates. So you're probably already doing this. So again, mentally pack yourself on the back and double down. But again, when you create a meal plan, you should never, ever be creating a meal plan from scratch. You should have a template that you just copy paste and then tailor it to that client's needs or that product needs. So a template, you're ordering products from different people you order them from online or whatever, you'd have a template that tells you, I need to order this, 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 you know, whether you're putting it in, you know, uh, you know, milk, dairy products, et cetera. I mean, you create a template. I mean, I never respond to contract requests by starting from zero. I, I copy paste the template and away I go. This week alone, just like you, know, I'm working on 9,000 things. A pop up text comes in from someone from North Carolina saying, okay, Jeff, you know, I need a quote on this so I can, you know, submit it so we can get it approved and then send me an invoice. I just pulled up an invoice change the word invoice on the top to quote, all of the information in the middle is going to be the same anyway. And then instead of, t- you know, at the bottom pay by credit card or paid by credit card, I just talk about, you know, uh, you know um, I accept credit cards or wire transfers or, you know, a check. I mean, so I just change the language so it didn't sound like an invoice. It sounded like a quote. I saved it as a PDF and hit sent. And that literally took less than two minutes to do. And it sent back to the gentleman in North Carolina. He said, perfect, absolutely perfect. So I didn't have to recreate something. So your success in business, period, but especially now, is the word templates. So create templates, find an assistant. I think a lot of what eats up your time as a chef, we have to use the the positives coming out of this pandemic to reinvent. That may be another word for everyone to be writing down. Reinvent how you do everything. Whatever you were doing in February of this year is is only 50% of what you should be doing today. Because in February, the world was not shut down. In March, we started getting shut down. In April, we were shut down. In May, we've been shut down. So in June, we're going to be shut down in some places still. So go back to before the pandemic and think about everything you were doing that was working. What will still work today, double down on it, my coaching advice. But what will not work today, you've got to let go and look for new ways to reinvent and repurpose yourself. And I think as chefs, the world has been delivered to you on a freaking platter because now everyone is looking at how do I eat healthier or eat faster or eat better at home from what I can do. So you should be selling meal plans. You should be doing videos. You should be having, in essence, your own Zoom calls and inviting people to your program and you know, whether you're doing wine tasting and food or you're doing water and food or whether you're doing food and I mean, just be creative, create your own own connection, partner with maybe some of these vendors and suppliers where you buy stuff from. They're now open to listening to you, but when they were not open to listening to you in February, you may be able to partner with some of these places. Maybe you can go into a, a food specialty grocery store right now, then in essence where you can, in essence videotape you creating a product and, and doing that chef's thing that they sometimes would have done in the past at re, in grocery stores. Now you can make it a norm. So uh, great question, uh, Larry, and there's a lot of answers to that. So recap. Yes, use it as I've taught it. Yes, you can break it down and apply it to specific projects. Yes, you can put it into, in essence, electronic file folders. And yes, you can use it to help you to find ways to outsource some of your work below.
0: And one more, well, actually, two more pieces here, Jeff. I'm going to turn it back over to you. Uh, Steph Jacobs says, thank you for this response. You covered everything in this great detail. So that worked. The other thing I wanted to point out, which I think is always important to remember, is, and I think any of us that are in a business where we have a comfort level with the the craft that we do, whatever that may be, is that we like to work uh, in our business because that's where our comfort zone is versus working... On our business and that can sometimes come across as a a trite statement but the fact of the matter is success being successful in our business really comes from working on our business and I think that's what you're and I think as you get ready to go into part two here is really what you're you're emphasizing is that you know we, we can't get to the in our business piece if we're not really good at on our business would you agree with that
1: absolutely and that is a great transition any other questions
0: that's it for now
1: All right, let me take what Larry just said, folks. That's exactly a brilliant transition. So let me edit this slide on the fly, as they say. So what I would encourage you to do, so in the spirit of what Larry just shared, then I would challenge you that only two items in each quadrant should be your daily work activities of things I need to do, see, call, write as it relates to work. So the chef with a question a minute ago about looking at all my you know, work for the day, whether it's meal planning or shopping or preparation or et cetera, only two in each. So that leaves two, four, six, eight. Eight inches every day can be what you're doing in your business. And let's leave one as a challenge in the spirit of today. That one item in each of these quadrants as a minimum every day should be business, building, productivity, activity. So write that down on a side piece of paper. One entry in every quadrant should be about business building KPIs, key performance indicators. So every day, there should be at least one thing you do that builds your business, gets your brand out into the marketplace, better or differently. One person you're going to call today that could help you to get more business. Not a call that that, that someone already loves you unless you're going to be able to leverage that into more business. One C, someone you're going to try to see today or a way to be seen today that can help you to build your business. One to write every day. What's something you could write to send out to the universe? A blog, a vlog, an article, a to-do, a checklist, etc. to get your name out. Great catch, Larry. So one entry every day that's about business building, and that will help get you out of just what you do, which is your comfort zone. Again, a chef-owned and operated restaurant where that chef has a little bit of entrepreneurial capitalism DNA is going to survive this pandemic. The chef owned restaurant that is someone who loves being the chef, back to Larry's catcher working in, but you don't understand how to grow your business. Those are the ones that are not going to be seen tomorrow. They're gone. They're dead. I mean, I've got a client of mine that's in Houston, it's a restaurant uh, that's there that is really unique and it's great at what it does, but the chef has common sense, but he's not a marketer. So he knows that, so he's partnered with some people that are the marketers to keep him going. But if we bring it back to you, it's the same model. You are your own business. So look at any restaurant that has innovated in the last 60 days, it's being smart, and bring that into you and say, how am I innovative like them? Look at the restaurants that are in deep trouble Go look at America and go, holy crap, Vines has ran into the corner and I'm acting just like them. So let's talk about one specific do, see, call, right that will help you to grow your business every day starting today. And again, uh, you know, Larry will send me the emails of everyone that's on this and everyone that's on this, I will send you a free digital copy of my book, Sales Mastery, so you don't have to go online and, and buy it for 40 bucks. And in that book, the way you read Sales Mastery is not from chapter one to the last chapter. You look at the table of contents for topically, what is a need you have right now, and jump into that chapter and see if I can give you some immediate strategic or tactical ideas. That's why I've written a book. It's more of a sales handbook to success in selling. So here's one of the to dos that you could be doing. Here's a to call you could be, in essence, implementing, a to write and a to see. So let's go to uh, to call. One of your business to calls is what I want you to write down. I label this whole person selling. So write down whole person selling. What I find in business is a lot of us know what I'm about to share, but the majority of us never do this. And in the last 60 days, if you've not been doing this, you are 60 days behind schedule, folks. So here's the concept. So if I were to take a dartboard and put it on the wall, the dot in the middle represents whole person. We know there's rings that go outward from it, and we'll work on those rings in a minute. But whole person selling says this. So I want you all, when we're done tonight, to take a minute, create an Excel spreadsheet or a Word doc or grab a piece of notepad. What whole person selling says is I want to start with who are my best customers historically, write their names down. Or who is my best customer right now, singular or plural, write their name down who has been my best customer historically, maybe they're not a customer right now at all, write their name down. And when you have that name written down, you stop and you look at them and you say, okay, if I look at just that name, whole person selling, and I have a relationship with them, whole person selling, then what's their gravity? What's the orbit around them that I'm not tapping into? So under whole person selling, here's question number one of what you need to do when you call them or you can get them on a zoom call so you can see them to figure out how to do more business so question number one and i'll role play with larry here so if i put larry's name here on the board the first thing i've got to ask myself is of 100 percent of my deliverables write that down 100 percent of my deliverables how many of those does larry know that i deliver how many of those could i be serving larry with so it would help him to help his customers So that's the first question. So in essence, Larry can call me out on this one. I've not done a good job doing a whole person selling gifts with Larry because I might think I'm too busy. Poor excuse, McGee, you should have been doing this. And right now, some of us who don't have business, you need to do this. I've been very fortunate. My business is up 400% in the last 60 days. But if I wanted to really drill in for more work because I had more capacity, then I might say, okay, Larry, what are the other ways I can serve you? I'd like to talk to you about doing webinars like this, but maybe breaking them down and doing a once a week, one-hour sales webinar designed at the personal chef and share ideas each week. And some of you might go back to Larry and go, yeah, we want McGee to come in. Let's do one hour each week and break down specific things we can be doing. So that's one. I could go to Larry and say, okay, within the National Restaurant Association, are there ways that I could serve them, whether it's with webinars, web programs, self-study, speaking at a conference, a convention, or et cetera. So I haven't done a good job mining Larry just with what Larry does. Does that make sense to everyone? So now let's take it further. So the first ring then out from Larry is I might go to Larry's LinkedIn profile and I might look at all of his connections, where all he's worked, and I might go, holy crap. There's other groups there from, in essence, years ago when he was in CPA, working with CPAs and, and doing CPE, I could talk to him about maybe any connections there. There's a Disney connection I could talk there. There's other businesses a part of connections there. There's a Rotary connection there. So again, I could just go on and on by that one person. So the beauty of whole person selling folks is I want you to create a list of maybe just a dozen key people that you do business with or in recent history I've done business with, and over the next couple of days, I want you to reach out to them and see if you can get a Zoom call. A visual call with people is much better than a phone call because you can see each other, it's more personal, it helps you to rekindle that relationship, and so you can talk about other ways to help to serve them. Ask them what are their needs, what are their problems. They've got customers, what are your customers' needs, what are their problems, and see how you can help them. So one thing under to do is we need to start strategically thinking about the concept of whole person selling one name at a time and connecting with an absolutely different ball game making sense let's go to to call so what i want you to do under to call so if this is one two or three it doesn't matter but if we want to start to reach our market space more effectively then under to call the concept is going to be the following rule r u l e rule 1 52X, write down rule, 152X. One of the things a lot of times you and I are not doing is we're actually staying so busy in our business, as Larry just said, we're actually not taking time to go out and start making some business development phone calls or making sales calls or reaching out to people from a long lost list of people that we used to do business with. So we all hate making sales calls. We all hate making cold calls. But if you wanna grow your business in tough times now and in good times, which may be right now as well, we've got to make more phone calls until you hire someone to do it. So here's what 152X represents. Let's define the concept. So under the call, you've written down as one of your business development activities is concept of 152X. One. One represents every Monday. I can slide to the left. This may be something you need to do, which may involve you writing something. See, I just took one activity and I slid it through three diagrams. One, every Monday, there's 52 weeks in the year, you commit to doing this every Monday for the rest of your life and you will grow your business, folks. You may not see an ROI in the first one or two or three weeks. It may take some momentum doing this week in and week out, but eventually you'll start to see leads going into your sales pipeline and funnel that are gonna wanna talk to you in the middle, so you're gonna get new business out the bottom. X, 152X. The X in this formula simply represents a demographic. So Larry, uh, role play with me if you would. Bring up in your head a, a typical member of USPCA, bring up a typical chef in your head, and I'm gonna pose a question to you if you were them. So again, if everyone else is listening, think of this as you or not. But if I were to ask you, Larry, how many active customers do you have right now? What would be the number you would share with me?
0: Boy, am I gonna get in trouble for this. Oh, um, I love it,
1: blunt. <laughs>
0: So, blind. let's just say 10.
1: Ten. Okay. okay. So, if you're Larry and you have 10, here's what I'm coaching you to do this coming Monday. You might even do it tomorrow morning because this week is only midweek. You can't do it now. But next Monday, I would say, okay, Larry, your, your model for next Monday is 152X. The X represents the demographic you want to re-reach out to or a demographic that you want to reach back to you haven't talked to in a long time or a demographic you haven't talked to ever you want to reach out to. So, in this one, next week is going to be 152 because it's gonna represent current customers. So what you're going to do next week is you're gonna set up 10 phone calls that you're gonna make next week. And the most of us hate making calls on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because we hate the cold call. I'm gonna remove the psychology of a cold call so it's never gonna happen again. These are gonna be warm calls. So now I'm gonna to go to write under the to right of 152X. It's something you're gonna do, and it's a call. You've written it under the call. So you've got 10 phone calls. So what you're going to write next Monday morning, because no one likes to hear from anyone on Monday morning, so it's easy as prime time. So unless you have something else to do next Monday morning, Larry's going to write an email to those 10 customers. It might be a letter that says, in essence, Jeff, I just want to reach out to you and say thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity to serve you and the opportunity to have you as one of my valued clients. I know in these tough times the last couple of months, A lot of people have been displaced and a lot of people are looking for work. And I thank you very much for the opportunity to serve you. Paragraph two. I wanted to share with you three other ways I might serve you that maybe you're not aware of. I also do A, B, and C. If you would like to talk to me about these, here's my number. I know you've got it, but here it is again. Please give me a call. I'm going to reach out to you this week. Just to check in with you, see how everything is going on top of what we normally do. And I'm going to reach out to Larry, this week to talk about these three items as well. Have a great week. Send. You send that email to those 10 customers because Larry set you up very successfully, guys, because he picked 10 active customers is what he has. Now you're going to be able to hold yourself accountable to making phone calls to them this week so that you can, in essence, follow up on what you wrote and sent to them as the reason for your phone call because you're trying to get Larry up on the phone it's not a cold call if I call Larry up I go hey I sent you an email on Monday in the conversation because he says yes I go what are your thoughts on a b and c basically I didn't get it well not a problem here's what I thought I sent you I'll send it later the reason I want to talk to you so the email gets you past all of those um, anxieties that you have to make a sales call Larry let me pose another question to you So if I were to say, Larry, in the last six months, how many customers have you had that are not active customers right now? What would be the number you would give me?
0: Wow. I guess you've been to how long you're in the business. Let's take an average. Let's just say 15.
1: 15. I'm loving what Larry's giving me, guys, because he's giving me some really easy math. And if your math is this math, don't be upset, ashamed, or embarrassed.
0: And Jeff, we may have lost you here for a second. The wonders of technology. So guys, I'm gonna try and and get a note over to Jeff that we, we may have lost him for a moment. There we go. I think we lost Jeff, but he'll be right back. <laughs> he clicked out, but it he means he's going to click right back in. And again, I apologize to everybody for my Greg Brady look, but uh, at work this week, we just decided it was one of those things we had to have a little bit of fun with. And In this day and age, if you can't have a little bit of fun with the stuff you're doing, what are you going to do? Hey, while Jeff's coming back in, just, just a reminder to everybody how important this topic is tonight and, and what it is we're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about the things we do in terms of cooking and, you know, getting out in front, new recipes, new ideas. And and I know I'm one who talks a lot about this concept of working on your business rather than in your business, because we all get so comfortable and it's so easy to do, to kind of get fixated on the things that are the core part of our business. And then we struggle with the fact that, you know, it's harder right now to find a client or it's harder to get more information than you need otherwise. And and that's that's why, you know, some of these techniques and some of these ideas are things that, uh that you can really use to bring to your business every day and, and begin to implement it. Because we don't spend a little bit of time in our, in our businesses every day working on them. You know, I will even say that from a USPCA perspective is that as we think through do what we're doing with these webinars, you know, when, when COVID-19 came around, we had been, you know, working on the conference and thinking about things we we're gonna do in July. And, and it hit me like a ton of bricks that July didn't matter anymore. The conference didn't matter anymore. The fact is we have members who were in critical need of information and we needed to move it now. And so we started reaching out to our conference speakers and say, can you share, give us an hour, you know, once or twice a week and then that we can bring to the members and give them ideas and give them tools and give them thoughts they can need, that they can use. And that's exactly what we've been doing. And I think that's what we're talking about here. The day-to-day stuff that we do, you know, following up on people on their dues renewals and making sure they have the tools they need, updating the website. Those are all very important things that that we have to do to keep you engaged. But these extra things like we're doing now and experimenting with, I, I still vividly remember you know, talking to the team and saying, I, I think we need to invest in, in Zoom webinar. We had invested in Zoom meeting and the team was using it sporadically. And, and I said, yeah, but we gotta take it a step further. And, and so let's make the, the financial investment in the webinar system and start driving this. And I think it's a, it's a microcosm of what we've talked about for your businesses is, you know how can we take that same concept? How can we move into your businesses? And, uh, and how can we get there? So some of the things we're working on. So waiting for Jeff to come back, which hopefully won't be long. Um, Chef Jamie just sent me a question. says, are there guidelines for hygiene and cooking? And how can we ensure our client safety? We did publish. Uh, one of the things I worked on a few weeks ago, as many of you may or may not know, I'm also the senior vice president of, of certification and operations for the National Restaurant Association, and that's a very encompassing Um, job and and part of that is is what's called our our science and industry team Um, and and so I oversee that and so I am our chief COVID spokesperson but I'm also the one who pulls together the team of experts on all the science that we're looking at in terms of operating restaurant safely and we took that same information with that team and repurposed it for personal chefs so we published those guidelines I will get them out so that people can see them. I'll I'll send the link out tonight to everybody in terms of where they are. When Jeff gets back on, I'll sneak onto the website and find it and publish it here. But the guidelines are really no different than what we're we're suggesting to everybody else. Here's what I've learned in working with CDC and, and FDA. There is nothing more important that all of you can do as personal chefs than personal hygiene, hand washing. I I cannot emphasize this enough. And and every expert I've talked to with all the other things we're seeing out there, the social distancing is important. The hand washing is critically important. Um, Please jump in there, find a way to keep your hands clean, you know, hand sanitizers, hand washing. And quite frankly, for me personally, I spend time at the sink washing my hands. There's nothing better. If If you're at a customer's house, think of your customers as employees, have a conversation with them. One of the things we published in the guidelines are the seven. Right now, what we see are the seven symptoms of COVID-19. Ask them the question: Are they are they showing any of those symptoms? Have they been around anyone who's showing the symptoms? Because that's protecting you. Jeff, I'm off in a lecture now, so give me about two minutes, and I'll come back to you here if I can. Um, but but make sure you're paying attention to those 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 seven symptoms. Ask those questions. You know, when you come in, just make sure that that whatever you're touching. You wash your hands, keep your distance from your clients. If your clients used to love hanging around with you in the kitchen, Tom, that's off limits for right now. You know, if you're going to plate or you're going to serve, just make sure that you keep the distance when you do that. If you're just packaging and putting the refrigerator, leave the instructions, you know, give them a a high five as you're walking out the door, a distant high five and and leave. But, but think about those, those core parts. It's the cleaning and sanitation. Um, it, again, on our website, we have the link to the EPA requirements for or the EPA suggested cleaners that you can get pretty much anywhere that will fight COVID-19. If you can't find them, it's, it's one quart of water to uh, four teaspoons of bleach. Put in a spray bottle and it'll do it. If you do that, remember, that's for surfaces that don't touch food. Just clean the food contact surfaces. Don't use the sanitizers on them because that then gets into the food. Um, and then just keep your distance, you know, so if you talk to your clients, treat your clients like you would your employees, do a pre-visit health check, make sure, and that's a phone call, it doesn't have to be anything more than that, you know, get that comfort level, you know, checking temperatures, I've, I've had this discussion with a lot of the experts, I'll probably do in a webinar early next week, um, if you're not a medical practitioner, you know, that temperature of 104 point, or 100, 100.4 degrees could mean virtually anything. It's not necessarily an indicator by itself of COVID-19. So there's a lot of other questions you've got to ask. You're not, a, you're not a health practitioner. So just check on those, those seven um, basic uh, symptoms. And, and if they've got a comfort level, you've got a comfort level. Keep your distance. Wear face covering. Remember, the face covering. And ask your clients to wear a face covering. Face coverings aren't there to keep you from getting the the virus they're there to keep you from giving it to somebody else and that goes both ways okay so so think about those things but it is up on the website the guidance is there i reviewed additional cdc fda guidance over the weekend uh didn't see anything new there that i felt was worth pushing out Uh, trust me guys that the moment that i get anything that i'm going to push out to the national restaurant association I will push be pushing out to USPCA as well, but here 's what I can suggest you know we, we continue to try and figure out how to get these local governments if they 're opening restaurants to make sure it 's okay for personal chefs you know I would say you know do what you need to do but follow that local guidance you 're less concerned with if it 's twenty five percent occupancy fifty percent occupancy you 're providing an at home service so be smart be smart be careful, pay attention to what you 're doing and, and go out there so at that point, Jeff, I got a few minutes there to buy some time while you got your, your IP back, your IT back and straightened out. Um, I'll check for some more questions. I will tell you, we had a couple of thank yous. So uh, when I was going off, Chef Jamie had asked me some questions on hygiene as we go on to cooking. So with all my other background, I spent some time working on that. But at this, Jeff, I'm turning it back over to you.
1: Excellent, thank you very much. So uh, let me just kind of pick up where we left off real quickly and wrap this up again. Any more questions that anyone has? uh, all yours and I'll stay as long as we need to stay as well. So the point of the the Quadrant Manager is helping you to focus on what are the most important things for you and I to do. And so I left off was one way I can help you to grow your business and and Larry said it by making sure we spend time growing our business, not just doing our business, is that again, uh, under the, the call, you logged in rule 152X, which means one is every Monday, get in the discipline, and every week of the year, 52 weeks of the year, create some sort of an outreach email that you can initiate or social media piece you can send out to, to groups on LinkedIn or what have you. That in essence, sets up business. And we role played with Larry two X factors. One was current customers I might have as a member uh, of the USPCA as a, as a chef and it might be 10. So next week was create that email, send it out to 10 to talk about other piece of business you have. Think about business development questions. It might be ways I can serve you or family members you may have that may be in essence uh, locked down at home. That you may want me to help to create meal plans for. Maybe your mom or dad, or you have in essence someone that's more homebound than you. So you could even insert a suggestion of who you can create meals or meal plans for, what have you. Uh, again, then the second outreach we identified, Larry said he has 15 past customers that are not doing business with him right now that you can reach out to. So if you think about the X as a demographic that you want to get connected to or that in essence used to do work with you or is doing work with you, what that will do is hold you accountable that every week you're going to be making some outbound contacts to grow and develop your your business. Another one of the dudes we wrote down was whole person selling to recap. Think of the customers you have, whether it was Larry's 10 active, that's whole person or Larry's inactive 15 that have not bought from in a while. Those could all be that dartboard of whole person. Go on LinkedIn and look at some of those people just to get a better understanding of who they are on a future call. We could talk about how to use LinkedIn to sell and grow your business or how to use other tools to grow and develop your business. But That was pretty much what we wanted to hit for tonight in terms of how you grow and develop your business. Again, if you go to my website, jeffreyme.com, if there's anything up there in terms of books in my bookstore that you would like free digital copy of, as a member of this and a courtesy to the friendship I have with Larry, more than happy to send you free uh, digital copies of books. Make a note on your calendar, though, for July 16 and 17. If you're in Vegas or you want to have a reason to come to Vegas, I'm going to be doing my two-day boot camp that goes through day one, the entire strategic side of selling, and day two, the tactical side of selling, and the ways that I engage customers and clients. I'm doing it at Green Valley Ranch, which is a great facility there in town I've been working with for many years. And so today, again, thank you for the opportunity, Larry, to share these ideas with you. Those are ways to get hold of me, and I'll turn it back over to Larry. Thank you guys for your time tonight, and thanks for letting me come back on for my IT uh,
0: interruption. I got to make, make Greg, Greg Brady go away or I'll go a little bit crazy. So, hey, Jeff, a couple of things. First of all, thanks so much. Uh, make Absolutely. sure you share the links to the July program yeah. with us because, you know, if, if our members aren't ready to get on airplanes yet, certainly we have plenty of members that are out in that Vegas area that could certainly get there even by car. So I want to make sure that we promote Brilliant. that to everybody. Uh, I will share with you thank that you Chef Vadam so said thank you uh, when you were sharing some of that information earlier with him. He says, I do use a lot of templates. And that helps considerably, but what you added beyond that was very helpful. So thank you. Chef Jacob you, asked sir. a really, which I thought was an interesting question. We might not be able to answer it tonight, but maybe we can work on a question. He said, he's in Canada. And he says, in Canada, I thought there was some sort of issues regarding sending emails for sales and cold calling. And this was mandated. Uh, where you have to ask businesses or potential clients permission prior to cold calling. We're selling a product, and the customer uh, and the customer-sized business would have to accept. It just one of those restrictions in the industry. But I think I think what we were saying was you're um, not too cold calling per se. You're really taking that ten or whatever that number of customers you have, and using that to begin to expand your business, right?
1: Exactly. People are afraid to make calls that they're going to initiate because they, they view them as a cold call and it's uncomfortable to call on Larry. But wait minute, if I know Larry because he's one of my active 10 customers, or I know Larry because he used to be a customer in one of his 15, but I keep role-playing with what we've talked about tonight, then if I'm launching to him an email saying, hey, Larry, and then whatever I say next to our gentleman in Canada, that's, there's, no, there's no illegality about that now. If I'm harvesting names that i am then sending something to, that's a little bit different. And yes, sometimes you have to have an opt-in, opt-out sort of a component to to a marketing piece, yes. And and, and we can talk about that later on as well as online, offline. But the initial place you're starting, so for example, I have a database, several databases I work with. One of them in my Jeffrey McGee company database is a little over 60,000 names. Every one of those 60,000 are like Larry Lynch. They know me somehow, some way they've either been a customer where they paid and brought me in to speak at their convention, like you did, Larry, or they bought CPE online or they've been a part of a webinar like this, where they went to my website and they signed in to get my weekly sales articles or to get my leadership articles. So those 60,000. So if I were to send any of those 60, any kind of an update, a message or a sales offer that's legal in the United States because you've already come into my universe. Now, I may also then not try to twist your arm in that sales call. And I may give you a very easy, polite way to opt out if you don't want to get these in the future. So it's a great question from our colleague in Canada that what we're talking about are names that you know somehow, some way um, that's fair to game.
0: Kind of opens that door a little bit for you when you do that. Absolutely. So perfect closure for this. And and this comes from Chef Laura McDougal up in New England. And I know Chef Laura was at the conference when you spoke because she's one of our awesome members, you know, shared our chapter up there and is just phenomenal. She says, thank you, Jeff. Really appreciate the info. Thank you very much for sharing. So one of the things I love about Jeff is is he's the only person on earth I know who speaks faster than I do. Um, So if you didn't catch all of this tonight, and we will be republishing this, it's up on our YouTube channel. It's exclusive to members, it's behind the scenes. And Jeff, I will make sure I get the email list to you so you can get the book out to everybody. I know Chef Vidam and a couple of the other chefs wrote in on the Q&A. They really look forward to seeing that because again, this comes back to the successes. You know, our chefs make awesome food. I know because I tasted it, right? But but at the end of the day, it, it's making awesome food for more people in more places. And that's really about where their success factor is. And this Absolutely. is what you bring to the table, no pun intended. But this is what you really bring to the table is is... How do you get to that point? You know, we'll help you continue to source ways of making great food, but we want to source ways to help you be successful in your business. So, Jeff, I truly thank you. You've been a great friend and, and certainly a you know, tremendous support to this industry. And, and I think it's one of those things that for our members who are engaged here tonight and going forward, uh, it'll, it'll make a big, big difference in making them successful.
1: Not a problem. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Larry.
0: All right. Jeff, have a good one. I will follow up with you and uh, to our USPCA members just one more time. Uh, Jeff, we've got a number of other thank yous coming in, but you know, I, I will just share with you that everybody really appreciates the, the time. Thank you guys. Thank well. you for
1: what all of you um, people do, what
0: all the chefs do. Thank you. They, they do great work. So just a reminder, this will be up shortly. Uh, as soon as Rob gets around to editing it, I know his schedule is crazy too, but probably somewhere in the next 24 hours. Um, if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, Please do. It's U.S. Personal Chef. Just go on. you find it on YouTube. Subscribe, and you'll get an email the moment that we upload these, these videos. Vince also pushes them out to the Facebook group, and uh, lots of good stuff coming. Just a reminder, on Friday, and Jeff, you'll appreciate this, our good friend, George Stephonius, who really gets focused, and not only does he help Jeff, but George also helps uh, Great guy. personal chefs and others. He's a phenomenal guy. Really getting in there with some of the work that we do on on local marketing and we really are local marketing so you know George has some new ideas he's going to share on Friday can't wait for that and then on Tuesday of next week we have our old friend Chef Amadeus and uh you know Jeff you want to sit in Chef Amadeus is a hoot he's a he's an award winner from television he's based in Jacksonville Florida he's a hell of a golfer uh, but more importantly he's a hell of a chef and and a good friend of ours He's got some new business ideas he's going to share as well. So we're going to take it back to the food side on Tuesdays. So typically Tuesdays and Fridays, you know, guys, keep an eye on it. We're we're pushing it out there. We are not stopping. We are here for our members. We're going to find new and creative ways to get information out there. And we are going to get on the other side of this COVID-19 thing uh, bigger, better, and stronger than we've ever been. So uh, we look forward to being part of that. So again, Jeff, thanks so much.
1: And I wish everybody
0: a great evening. And uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Have a great one. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us. And remember to check the show notes to get all the links mentioned in the show today. Thanks again, and happy cooking.